0: This is the Friday, August 4, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. Drone strikes in the Black Sea, along with forecasted rains, were the headline market movers for the week. The nearby wheat contract plummeted 71 cents, or 10 percent, while September corn dropped by 37 cents. Soymeal did its part to support the soybean complex, but not enough to keep off big losses. The September contract closed down 46 cents, and September meal lost $11 per ton. December cotton expanded 3 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, September Class Three milk futures shed 21 cents. The livestock market was mixed as October cattle added 330. September feeders gained 4.47, and the October lean hog contract cut $1.95. In the currency markets, U.S. dollar index rose 44 ticks. September crude oil improved 2.24 per barrel. COMEX gold lost 21.40 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs commodity index moved sideways to settle at 5.9335. Joining us now is market analyst Naomi Bloom. Hello. Hey, Paul. You're in all black. Is that by design? Is yeah. that a statement on the week?
1: Well, maybe so. I mean, we just didn't have for the grain markets enough news to keep prices just at those higher values, and the, the outlook kind of for the next couple of weeks, especially with this better weather moving in, there's not a lot of friendly news to talk about in the short term.
0: Wheat had a lot of headlines in the Black Sea: drone strikes, port closures. Then we see. Yeah, We're going to get this done but we're going to go this way instead. Is that still the biggest mover on this complex?
1: For right now it is. Um, All of the situations happening with the Black Sea are going to be um, front and foremost to the market right now. What was interesting is that we had two big headlines in the Black Sea with um, various war efforts that were happening there and that was enough to get the market to trade higher both times on the overnight trade. But then throughout the day, the markets started to ignore it. Part of the reason that the markets are ignoring it is because the rest of the world is really trying to send a message to Putin that, you know, heck or high water, we're going to make sure that this grain is moved out of Ukraine. So we've seen Croatia step up. We've seen other countries saying that they're going to do their part to help make sure that that grain is moved. Um, as far as any bullish news, the only little bit that came out this week actually was from India India said that they're going to likely be um, stopping an import tax because they are in a situation where they're usually self-sufficient in wheat, but they might be needing to import. Now, it was interesting for them to also say they might be importing wheat from Russia. So a lot of moving parts out there, but wheat just can't get some friendly news right now just to make the market rally.
0: India has proven that they will buy from anybody. Yes. And that is. So how does the market respond to that news then?
1: Well, it's it's mixed news, right? So in a sense the market is, is frustrated because Putin still has a customer. But at the same sense the fact that India is going to be needing to import wheat is actually bullish because that means that their global supply their supply is lower. And so that would be supportive to the marketplace in general from that capacity. Um, But again, with the wheat market right now the funds are still relentless sellers and we are sitting on price support levels for the Chicago wheat, Kansas wheat, Minneapolis wheat. If we can't get some friendly news out of the USDA next week prices just might continue to slide
0: a little lower. Did you just have a hot key on your keyboard this week in all your writings for the word support because corn was in the same boat? Yes, Uh, You were dancing, soybeans, dancing on support level. Uh, Corn and beans had a pull affected, lower, had affected wheat. But what's corn's story that stands out to you?
1: Right now with the corn market we're sitting on $5 support. Below there is $4.90 support. And corn is not getting a lot of fresh news from the standpoint of not getting any big export news coming for corn market right now. And we have the Midwest really going to be seeing some good rain potential over the weekend. And then we have cooler temperatures coming for two weeks. Fargo, Des Moines, Springfield, all of those states, all of those cities going to be seeing the ability for low 80 degree temperatures and that's great for filling those kernels. So I'm a little concerned with the corn market. With the USDA report next week, the USDA is going to be probably slow to drag their feet on any big further yield reductions. They don't have boots in the ground measuring yield for this report. So they're doing farmer survey, they're doing a little bit of satellite imagery and then the uh, statistical surveys that they traditionally do also. But if the USDA, let's say that they bring yield down even just to 175, which is lower from 177.5, we still have a 2 billion bushel carryout. And without any big traction on exports, I'm just a little concerned that prices are going to continue to slide lower. And also seasonally it's actually normal for the corn prices to slide th- lower throughout the month of August until that last week of August when we see um, an early harvest um, Low come in, and the crop tour doesn't start until the third week of wow. August either. So we're running out of news. A
0: friend of ours, Matt Bennett, was telling me he might have early harvest around him. So that late August mm. crop tour might have to. They might be competing with combines. Is that? Are you hearing the same thing?
1: Actually, Matt was the first one to let me know that information that it could be happening. So it would be interesting to see what the pro farmer tour finds from that, and. Um, But more importantly, what the USDA says next week because that's what the trade will follow. Well,
0: and I think uh, Stonex 177 was their drop. So that's not down too much. But if you drop two more bushels, like you said, to 175, that changes the math. What does it do in soybeans then? Uh, They, uh, Stonex there has said the yield down to 50 and a half. Good growing weather, good rain, 80 degrees. But if you look at the drought map, there's still a lot of drought out there.
1: Yeah, there still is a lot of drought out there. And the trade though I think is going to be focused on the rain that's coming this weekend and the low temperatures for the next two weeks because that is exactly what the soybean plant is going to want. And so uh, while we've had some uptick in export demand, all it's doing is keeping us on track for where we're supposed to be. And so with the November contract we've got support at 13.25. support there below there is at $13 even. But if we can't get a friendly headline next week, I think you're going to see a technical washout down to 1250, and that has me quite concerned. Um, that's not any place where we haven't already been earlier in the summer. And so the USDA report on Friday next week is going to be very important. What will the USDA do? Some of in the industry were saying, well, wouldn't surprise me if they raised yield at this point either, especially with the rains that are coming and the cooler temperatures. So just be ready for anything really with this marketplace.
0: I know you had a lot of windshield time to get here, mm-hmm. but if you believe the social media traffic, there is tip back, there is heavy two to three inches of. At what point does that factor in? Because we did have a question. I guess I better technically ask uh, Paul's question that came in uh, via one of the social networks. He says, "How much influence will August rain have on new crop prices?"
1: Well, I think it. It, it will. I don't think the market's going to just totally. Fall apart lower, but it's going to have a hard time rallying because the trader mentality will be, oh well, that rain and the cooler temperature is going to help with kernel fill, and for the soybeans, of course, help with the soybean production in general. So it's it what the market needs to rally. Three things have to happen for this market to rally. You have to have something really catastrophic happen in the Black Sea region. You have to have the USDA give us a bullish report next week and then we would need to see our export demand pick up substantially for corn and soybeans both. So if those three things can happen, we would have a reason for the market to rally. However, um, I'm a little doubtful on the last two of those and I'm very mindful that seasonally those corn and bean prices have a tendency to slide lower until late August.
0: Do we still have any exports? I mean, it, the news of exports has been hard to find lately.
1: Well, it is hard to find. And so, of course, every week there's something happening. People are taking advantage of these lower prices in general. But I'm thinking if I'm a, an end user from somewhere else around the world, I'm not seeing the the American farmer really, really get frustrated or upset that it's going to be uh, nothing for a crop. I'm not Hearing that headline. So they're already thinking ahead to next winter and saying, okay, well if the American farmer has a decent crop here and if Brazil and Argentina have a decent crop uh, next winter, there's not a sense of urgency to just go ahead and book huge amounts. They're waiting for a harvest low. Give it three weeks if this market price works a little lower then I think you're going to see the exports really step up. But um, right now there's not just that news to make it happen.
0: You mentioned the news. You mentioned certain uh, talking points get baked into to traders. The one was we're going to have this rain arrive in late July mm-hmm. and early August. Maybe hasn't quite happened to the widespread. If, if a trader sees a difference between 177 and 175, or they see 50 and a half down to 48, do they know enough to say that's not good? to change things? Is that enough of a, of a headline market mover?
1: Um, on a USDA report it would have to be a yield number a lot lower than expectations. All of it is already baked into the market. Okay. It's priced right. in. And also we have to see if the USDA changes anything to demand and ultimately ending stocks.
0: Let's go to dairy. Yep. Uh, on the week we were, uh, let's see, I think we were higher, or no, we were lower uh, by 21 cents. Back over 17. Mm-hmm. Does this stay this way for a while?
1: Well, the, the dairy complex, we had class three milk futures have a nice rally higher. It had been so oversold and so cheap. And finally, we saw higher cheese prices and stronger cheese demand, and that lit a fire under the class three milk futures price. We were able to get it back over 18, um, but we don't have any news to keep it running. So prices have set back a little bit lower. For the milk production numbers, now we're at a point where we have production flatlined, and we actually have uh, less dairy cows than a year ago at this time. So we're starting to see a marketplace that has responded with a little bit less production, but we still don't have a very bullish headline there. Our exports are down from a year ago, and domestic demand right now is it's okay. We're going to start to see the demand pick up as we start to get ready for the holiday season. So that's encouraging. But it's all about the
0: cheese right now. What's it all about in live cattle?
1: Well, that marketplace, it's kind of the same story, different week. You know, we still have tight supplies. What, what I noticed with the October contract for live cattle, the December contract, and the February contract, they are all still respecting the bearish key reversal that the market had from a couple weeks ago. After that cattle on feed report where we had Higher placements coming forward. So that's been keeping a little bit of pressure on those nearby contracts. We also have seen a pullback in the cutout values. And so um, that's been kind of weighing on things. But the deferred contracts are still a friendly story, of course, because of lower supply. And with the feeder cattle, what I really noticed on that inventory report is that the Feeder cattle that are off feedlots are down 1.3 million head from a year ago. I mean, that's not anything that gets replaced anytime soon. And so, of course, that's why the feeder cattle market has a lot of support nearby and the deferreds as well. Um, But as far as front month live cattle go, we're still just keeping it um, an ebb and flow between what's the demand doing, what's the export demand doing, and what's cash prices
0: doing. Okay. So then that makes sense on live cattle but then on the feeder side are is the bigger story so in a, in a in a week or a time when supports being tested on grains that no longer is the headline you're still seeing the lack of animals as the big driver moving it forward
1: it is 100% yeah. the biggest driver going forward what
0: about yeah. in hogs
1: So a tale of a couple different things, right? So we have the August contract, which has just been racing higher, you know, up to over 100. And so um, that has been substantial. But the October contract, the December contract, they also had a little bit of a rally, but of course not as much, So we're seeing, um, normal for this time of year for the hog prices to have an increase. We are seeing some good demand. The, um, cutout value was the most it had been in 11 months earlier this week. And then saw a little bit pullback as the week ended. But going forward with the October contract right now it is trading at a discount to cash, which is normal, but normally the discount is around $13. And right now it's about 20. So, it's um, supportive going forward. And the producers are doing a great job of keeping current. So, I would say with the hogs for the October and December contract, probably start to see it just trade sideways as we start to head into fall.
0: And we are going to head to the end. Naomi, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're going to pause this analysis, continue our discussion about these markets in our Market Plus segment. You can find both analysis, which we just finished up, and plus on our website of MarketToMarket.org. All of these resources, by the way, are free. We've been watching Corn Harvest in Texas and Hay Cuttings in the Midwest this week on our Instagram. We love sharing your images on our story section. Follow our feed at Show. Next week, we look at how one producer is finding additional revenue on the dairy farm. Thank you so much for watching. Have a great week.